Welcome to Green Pastures Broadcast with Bishop James Hansen Saki, presiding bishop of Christ Church Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this afternoon. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that your word is so true. That where two or three gather together in your name, you are there in their midst. We thank you that you've been in our services anytime we gather. And this afternoon will not be an exception. We pray that you come in your strength and in your power and in your own special way. We pray that you inspire the teaching of your word and we pray for the transformation of lives. We ask for open heavens in this place. I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be present to heal, to save, to direct, to impact. And I pray in the name of Jesus that no one will leave this place the same. I pray and release people into the service. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will inspire many in Jesus' name. I thank you for what you are about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we've been looking at spiritual gifts for some time now. And last week we looked at the gift of prophecy. Somebody shout prophecy. So, so far we have looked at the gift of discerning of spirits. We have looked at the gift of word of knowledge and we have looked at the gift of word of wisdom. And then we have seen prophecy. Um, I'm continuing prophecy today. We saw last week what prophecy is. That prophecy is both foretelling and foretelling. So saying God's mind revealed to you. Speaking God's mind as revealed to you is prophecy. And God's mind revealed is in two forms or comes through two means or two ways by which the mind of God is declared. It is either declared as a direction, an inspiration that comes the word of God as it is to the situation, as in God's mind revealed in a situation or the same mind of God is revealed in a predictive way that is the foretelling to say something that God intends to do before it actually happens is foretelling and then when it's God's mind revealed either in a service in a message it comes and people feel blessed it's like is God talking to me you realize that it is not really predictive as if this is what I'm going to do, but then God has revealed his mind concerning a situation you are going through that is still the mind of God revealed and it is still prophecy. It may not be predictive. The challenge has been that our mind has always been tuned to the fact that so long as the thing, when ever we say prophecy, we are always looking at the predictive side of things, but actually speaking God's word itself is prophecy. Amen. And prophecy can be predictive or can just come to say God's mind concerning a situation. So we saw so many examples last week. Now we are looking at how does prophecy come to us? How is God's mind revealed? 
Because when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, remember that these gifts of the Spirit, they are given by the Holy Spirit to us. And the Holy Spirit is a person. Amen. The Holy Spirit is God, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God. And when he comes into the life of a Christian, you cannot be a Christian unless you are born again. That is why I, I was speaking at a television interview and then somebody said that... Um, so what is your message for born again Christians? And I said, there's, there's nothing like that. They, you are either born again and you are a Christian or we cannot have unborn again Christians because the point is that you can never be a Christian in the context of the Bible, in the context of God's word clearly, unless you are born again. Jesus made it very clear in John chapter 3 verse 1 to 7. He says, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven and he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So the process to becoming a Christian is to become born again. When you become born again, then you are described as a Christian. So you can't be saying that I'm, I'm a Christian and you are not born again. There's nothing like that. God does not recognize that. Are you here? And the point is that it is God who calls the shots as to how he should be worshipped. So you don't determine that because I do A, B, C, D, I'm a Christian. You are a Christian according to God's definition. So that we don't deceive ourselves and think that we are Christians when in the sight of God we are not. So when we become born again, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. And when this Holy Spirit comes into our lives, he then has gifts. Nine of these gifts as we have seen in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So let's go back to that key scripture. We will always read it until it sinks in your spirit. I'm sure by the time I finish this series, you'll be able to quote it off head. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Anything God doesn't want us to be ignorant about, that thing is supposed to be something that we need to know. So I don't want you to be ignorant. Say you were carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. These idols that you used to serve, they also show certain signs, certain manifestations, certain spiritual things. But that is not the same as that of God himself. That is why one of the gifts of discerning your spirits is to be able to discern by the power of the Holy Spirit what kind of power or spirit is behind a particular miraculous sign. So, not all miracles are really coming from God. It takes this gift to be able to discern what is going on. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And then he says, they are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same spirit that works all in all. Amen. And then it says, but the manifestation of the spirit, the manifestation, which is the gifts of the spirit, the manifestation of the spirit, because you cannot see the spirit with your eye. So how do we know the spirit of God is in someone? It says one of the signs of the manifestation, the manifestation means the revelation of the spirit in you, which is the same as the gifts of the Spirit, is given to each and every one of us for the profit of all. So these gifts are not given to us just to boast with us. We are giving these gifts for the profit of everyone. It's supposed to bring blessing to everyone. These gifts are profitable. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. The word of, the word of wisdom is a supernatural ability to 
have the wisdom of God to bring solutions to complex issues. Solutions. You bring solutions. You have the wisdom to deal with things. They, they are not things that you have planned ahead. It's an instantaneous impartation to your spirit. There is a problem. There is an issue. Instantly, God reveals how to solve the problem. We saw that in Solomon when you know, two women came to him and the Bible says that they had children. Um, each of them had a son and one of them, the son had died in the night. And she got up and exchanged her dead baby with the other mother's living baby. That, that woman can sleep very deep. Then someone came to take your baby and managed to, to swap it. And, and in the morning, um, you know, there was a dispute. And the other woman said, the baby you're having is mine. The dead one is yours. And there was an argument until so they brought the thing to the king. Now, he had no prior knowledge. They brought this issue before them. He looked at that instantly and said, okay, well, you are all claiming the baby is yours. Bring the executioner, take a knife, divide the baby into two and give it to the parents, to them so that they can share. Since you said the one child is yours. And the Bible says that the, the other woman, one woman was content with the issue. That, yeah, you can divide it and, and give it to us. The other cried and said, well, you give the baby to her. Let her have it. And the king said, the woman who said, give the baby to the other woman, she is the right mother of the child because that is her true child and she would not like that baby to be killed. But the other one didn't care. Let's divide it. You see, it tells you it's not your own. And, but that was the wisdom at that moment for him to find a solution to such a complex issue. You know, there were no DNA technologies in those days, all those things and, and such an argument and two women have brought this to the king. Instantly, by the Spirit of God, wisdom that came from God brought solution. That is a manifestation of the gift of word of wisdom. And then there is the word of knowledge. The gift of word of knowledge is a supernatural ability to know things that are happening now and things that have happened in the past. So a lot of things are revealed and we saw the case of Ananias and Sapphira. And then we see to another word of knowledge by the same spirit, next verse, to another faith by the same spirit. This faith is not the type of faith we all have in receiving Jesus into our life um, and confessing Christ as, as our savior. This is a special type of faith that is revealed by the Holy Spirit or imparted to you, you have this sort of faith to deal with, you know, matters that some people will not dare to even confess faith. But you, you do strange things. You move, you take certain steps by faith. And people wonder, I, I don't have that type of faith to do such things. And, and just like Elijah did, he called all the prophets of Baal to a contest on Mount, Sinai, Mount Carmel and said, the God who answers by fire, he will be God. So, all of you are claiming your God is God. I said my God is God. And there's argument going and say, look, no, no problems. Let's all go to Trafalgar Square. We're all going to pray. I'm going to give you 12 hours to call on your God. Fire must come literally from heaven to fall. Now you need that type, this kind of faith to throw that sort of challenge. What if fire doesn't come at the end? So that's the kind of faith that this one uh, imparts. And then he says that to another faith by the same spirit and to another gifts of healing and to another gifts of working of miracles and to another prophecy is that in your bible and to another descending of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues so these nine 
in total and we have seen four of them so far and we are exploring the second half of prophecy last week we looked at prophecy and so we saw so many examples ezekiel being taken out of the body we see that this prophecy comes in different forms we say that number one it comes through dreams visions an audible voice at least these three main rooms or three main avenues by which the Lord, the Holy Spirit speaks to us or reveals things to us that comes in the form of prophecy. So prophecy comes through dreams. We saw in the scripture in Numbers chapter 12, God says that if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, I reveal myself to them in dreams and I speak to them in visions. So dreams, we know you all sleep and you have dreamt some dreams. Dreams is when you are fully asleep and then you begin to see things or find yourself involved in some activities. There are ordinary dreams and there are prophetic dreams. When this gift is in operation, some of our dreams cease to be ordinary dreams. They become prophetic dreams because what we are experiencing becomes real. In the end, it's either manifest or you wake up and you see that something real has taken place. So you realize that they are not just ordinary dreams. And spiritual things are very real. I've shared with you about the patient in the hospital where I was working uh, before. When he, 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 he arrived and his, 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 his face is behind. You know, the, the, so if he's standing and he's looking at you, he's actually used, as the person stands, you could see that this is the front of the body. But his, his face is behind and then his, his, the back of his head is actually facing you. Now, so it's the whole turn around, 360 degrees turn around. And he had a dream that you know, somebody was using a pestle to hit him and he woke up and that's what has happened. Now you run every x-ray, scan, MRI, whatever, and everything seems normal in the anatomy. But in the physical, we are seeing a different thing. Medicine cannot explain that. So it tells you something has happened in the dream. That the dream he had was real. That something real was going on. Now this is, this is not God. <laughs> this is satanic. Demons have hit him with something. And he's, he's seeing things in a different direction. So it's, it's a strange one. Um, but dreams are real. And God said in his word, I will speak to them in dreams. And I will reveal myself to them in visions. Can we get that on the screen? good that's there so then he said hear now my words if there's a prophet among you i the lord make myself known to him in a vision and i speak in a dream so dreams are the language of the spirit god uses dreams to speak to us now not every dream but that is why when this gift is in operation you have to know it's one of the means by which things are revealed amen and we saw the example of Joseph last week that it was through dreams that what he was supposed to become was revealed to him at the age of 17. His brothers understood it. That is why they hated him. His father understood what God was saying. And then we saw 24 years later, all that came to pass. They all really came to bow before him. Five different occasions. So that is a confirmation of God speaking through dreams. We saw that God spoke concerning the economy of Egypt through dreams and Pharaoh had some strange dreams and then Joseph decoded it. So most of the time when you begin to operate this gift, there is also the ability to interpret dreams by the gift of word of knowledge. 
So you are able to understand such a mystery of dreams. And we see throughout the scriptures, people having dreams and then confirmations coming. So we've seen that. And then we also saw visions. We saw an example of the vision. And I tell you that there are two forms of vision. Vision, which we call closed vision and open vision. In a dream, you are fully asleep. You wake up and you have had such dreams. In a vision, there are two forms of them. Closed vision is when you are not fully asleep and you are not fully awake. In between that, you're taking a nap in the afternoon. You can still hear people around you. You know that you are not fully asleep and fully awake. And that is when things are revealed. And then there is also the open vision. In an open vision, you are not asleep at all. You, I could just be talking. I shared an example with you last week. I'll be preaching and sometimes I'm out of the, of the room, but I'm still preaching. And I could see things. Or I stand before people and I could see. Sometimes a scroll just comes up so I'm able to tell your name. And I don't know you from anywhere, but I'm able to tell your name from that because God just shows that. So that's an open vision. My eyes are open but still could see um, these things. So that is what we call an open vision. An open vision, you are not asleep. You are just there. Your eyes are open. You could see things into the spirit realm. You can see things about people. You can see so many things and God speaks to you through that. So that is a case of an open vision. Then we said also that there is an audible voice. The audible voice is you will hear a clear voice. It, it will sound as if it's the voice of a man. But that is, that is God speaking. And he will speak clearly in your ears. You will hear. It's not like you are seeing visions. You will hear clearly. You will hear a voice speak to you. Now, I'm not talking about those who hear voices that they should kill themselves. But they, this is a clear way by which prophecy also comes. So we'll look at a few examples and then we pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Okay. The first thing I want us to see here is that the Spirit of God speaks. Jesus, when he promised that the Holy Spirit will come, he says that he will speak. So the Holy Spirit speaks. John chapter 16, verse 13 to 14. John chapter 16. Verses 13 to 14. And he says, however, when you are reading your Bible and see the handwriting, the, the, the thing is highlighted in red. These are the words of Jesus. So in most Bibles, the direct words of Jesus are always highlighted in red. Now he says, Jesus was speaking. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. That tells you the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an it. It's not a wind. A wind. The wind is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It tells you the job description of the Holy Spirit. So when we get to symbols of the Spirit, this, we haven't just touched anything yet. We are just still coming. We haven't touched on fruits of the Spirit. We, haven't, we are dealing with just gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is deep. Somebody shout deep. Now, however, when he, the Spirit of truth comes... Jesus was telling us, if someone is coming, after I leave, I'm going to send you the promise of the Father. His name is the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of God. He is real. He is not just a wind. He's the wind is a description of his job description. Now, he says when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. So, if someone will have to guide you, the person has to be a person. You can't be guided by something that is not a person. Isn't it? Yeah. Now, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own. That tells you he speaks. He will not speak of his own, but whatever he hears, so he, he has got faculties to hear. 
that will he speak. So he speaks, somebody shout speaks. And he would tell you things to come. Is that in your Bible? He would tell you things to come. This Holy Spirit, when he comes into your life, will tell you things to come. That means that he will reveal things to come to you. That we are dealing with prophecy. That means that he can tell you things that this is going to happen and it will happen. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare them unto you or show them to you. And I want you to understand that God is interested in speaking to us. He has a relationship with us. He is our father and he would like to talk to us by his Holy Spirit. So there are things he will reveal to us, things to come. When we become sensitive in the spirit, I'm hoping that we'll be able to touch this briefly. And then next week, which will be the last Sunday service. Is that next week going to be Salam Sunday service for the year? We, we will look at uh, something. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. So we need to be sensitive in the spirit to pick things from God and don't think that you are too young to hear from God. Joseph was 17 when God was communicating with him. David understood God so much at the age of 17. He knew how to summon God in the midst of a battle. Daniel was 17 when God began to reveal things to him. So God has been dealing with 17 year olds already. Amen. Hallelujah. And God speaks. We just need to be sensitive and know how he talks to us. So he reveals things by his Holy Spirit who is in us. I want us to look at an example of an audible voice situation. So God speaks. First Samuel chapter 9, verse 15 to 27. We, we, we might skip. Some of them, 15 to 20, then 25 to 27. This was before the first king of Israel would be anointed and ordained. Israel had not had a king ever since they were taken out of Egypt and led into the promised land. God had been their king and judge and leader. And he had appointed high priests and judges to lead them throughout. But then the Bible says that day came when all the nation was just crying that we want to be like other nations. We also want to have kings. And ultimately God said to Samuel, you are not the one they are rejecting. It is me that they are rejecting. We'll give them a king. I'm not happy, but we'll give them a king. Now, we don't know which house because there has never been a king before. So there's no established tradition as to which family actually becomes king. The only prophecy in scripture is that Kings will ultimately come from the line of Judah. And at this time, there has never been any. So we don't even know which house of Judah we're going to start the whole process from. So God will have to choose a king for them. And the Bible says that God now, verse 15, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear. Is that in your Bible? God had told him in his ear. Yeah. Whenever you are reading the scriptures, take note of all these things. There are times the Bible says God revealed or there was a manifestation. An angel came and brought a word. These are all different, but this one, there was God speaking to him in his ear the day before. The day before Saul came. If you know the background of this story, God wanted to give them a king, but this is how he orchestrated the whole thing. He was interested in a young man called Saul. And then God just created a situation in which Saul's father's donkeys go missing. And then the father decided that Saul, who was the firstborn, should go with one of the servants to go and search for this missing donkey. 
and they traveled for three days, searching every city and every town, looking for this donkey, and they couldn't find it. God intentionally created a missing donkey situation so as to bring Saul into direct contact with Samuel the prophet. So they got to a city, and after so many three days of search, and they couldn't find what they were looking for, the Bible says that the servant said to Saul, maybe let's find out here if we can find a man of God who will be able to reveal to us where these donkeys are. And, and, and then the Bible says that they told him, oh, in this city, there is a prophet of God. His name is Samuel, and he will show you what to do. So they decided that they were going to go into that city to find him. They don't know how he looks like, but they just go in. And whilst they got into the place, God made sure that they met Samuel. And this is what happened. The Bible says, now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came. And this is what God said it to him in his ear. Tomorrow by this time. So assuming God was speaking to Samuel at 3 p.m. the day before, he's, going to t- he's saying to him, tomorrow at 3 p.m., around the same time, I'm going to send you a man from the land of Benjamin. See how this God operates? I'm going to send you a man. The man didn't know that he has been sent by God. God just created a circumstance, a missing donkey situation. He goes after that, not knowing it was a plan of God. May God direct your path in some interesting ways to bring you to the place of victory for you. I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel so that he may save my people from the hands of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry has come up to me. So when, this, when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is, the man of whom I told you. So there was an audible voice the day before that tomorrow I'll send you a man. And then Samuel was on his way and then he meets two people and then immediately he saw them. The Lord spoke to him again and said, the guy I told you about yesterday, that's him. Isn't it interesting? And then he says, the Lord said to him, there he is, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. Verse 18, then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, tell me, I pray you, where is the seer's house? You see, so he, before he could even speak to the man, he doesn't know who the man was. He, he has arrived and he has seen the prophet, but he doesn't know he was a prophet. But for the prophet, God has spoken to him and said, yesterday I told you I'll bring you a man, that's him. So before he could even speak to the prophet, the prophet has actually known who he was. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I'm the seer. Just go up before me to the high place. In the days of old, the word seer is used interchangeably with the word prophet because they see into the spirit realm. So they are called seers. So prophets are sometimes called seers. They see into people's life or into future. For you shall eat with me today and tomorrow I'll let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. Now look at another manifestation of the gift of word of knowledge there and then he says to him as for your father's missing donkeys that were lost three days ago don't think about them they are found now who told him that too because the guy hasn't spoken you just met him at the gate say i will have lunch with you and then also don't worry the donkeys for which you you are on this journey has been found don't worry at all see by the time he arrived god has just cooked everything it was a missing donkey situation just to bring him closer to the prophet 
And that was the most important thing. The donkeys have been found. Don't worry. Now, that is enough to convince the young man that, wow, this is God. Because I haven't even told him anything about the donkey. But he just told me, these donkeys that were lost three days ago, have you seen the detailed, specific information, knowledge that the prophet was having over the guy's problem, which the guy has not even told him. So that is the spirit of God already revealing things to him. Said so that is the man and would have then told him all the other reasons why the guy just showed up. So all this instantly revealed to him. Don't be anxious about them for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you? So he began to sort of prophesy to him that they, they are, they are, there's a whole desire on him. Now let's look at verse 25. And when they came down from the high place... Into the city, Samuel communed with Saul on the top of the house. So this is after they had, you know, we've skipped about five verses. So they really went to Samuel's house. They had dinner and all of that. And the next day, as they were coming down, the Bible says that Samuel communed with Saul and said to him, they rose up early in the morning, it came to pass about the spring of the day, that Samuel called Saul to the top of the house and said, up that I will send you away. And Saul arose, and they went, both of them, he and Samuel, outside. And as they were going down to the end of the city, Samuel said to Saul, let your servant go on before us. And when the servant went ahead of them, he stood still with him, that I will show you the word of the Lord. And if you read further, he allowed the servant to go, so that the servant don't witness what he was about to do. Because sometimes in prophecy, you don't say things at the wrong time. There are sometimes, not everyone is supposed to hear that word of prophecy. Because sometimes when you say certain things at the wrong time, you provide ammunition for the powers of darkness to attack the prophecy. So Samuel decided to do it in a very secret way. And he allowed even Saul's servant to move ahead. And then he poured oil on the head of him and told him, you are going to be king. Keep it until the right time. Amen. So that, that's, that's what happened. Now I want us to look at something again in verse 1 Samuel chapter 9. Okay, sorry. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Because at the end of that sentence, when they, he, he, he stopped him, the next chapter says, Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head, kissed him in the head, and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you to be captain over his inheritance? So he's prophesying. He's now speaking the word of God. Alex, Siri is trying to his inquisitive nature again. Siri, I haven't asked you any question. I said I haven't asked you any question. Inquisitive Siri. Siri, I was preaching, you were also listening. If I ask you about Jesus, you won't tell me. Okay. So someone took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his people? Next verse. When you have departed from me today, 
you shall find two men. Have you seen his prophesy now? He's still revealing the mind of God, but now he's moving into a predictive prophecy because in most cases, prophecy must be confirmed to give assurance to the one receiving the prophecy that this is from God. So there's that element of confirmation in a prophecy. It says, when you leave me today, you'll find two men when you get to Rachel's sepulcher or grave in the border of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say to you, the donkeys which you came to look for have been found. And even your father has left his worry about the donkeys and is worried about you. Then you shall go on from there and you will come to the plain of Tabor. And there you shall meet three men going up to God to Bethel. And one of them carrying three little goats. And another carrying three loaves of bread. And another carrying a bottle of wine. And they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread which you shall receive from their hands. So he's telling him, when you leave me this place, your normal route that you'll be going, when you get to that junction, you will meet some people. When you get to that particular city, you'll find some people there. This is what they will, they will voluntarily even give you two loaves of bread and you must take it from their hands. Next verse, verse 5. And after that, you will come to the hill of God. Where is the garrison of the Philistines and where the army of Philistines will be? And it shall come to pass when you have come to that city that you will meet a company of prophets who are coming down from the hill with songs and pipes and music. And you shall prophesy. You shall begin to prophesy. The guy is not a prophet. Say, when you meet this company of prophets, something will happen to you. You begin to prophesy. And the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you shall prophesy with them. And you shall be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs come to pass. That you do as occasion demands. For God is with you. Amen. And the Bible says in verse 8. And you shall go down before me to Gilgal. And behold I will come to you to offer burnt offerings and sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come. Verse 9. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel. That God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. Amen. All those signs came to pass that day. So after he had come to Samuel, Samuel had poured oil on him and said, you are going to be king. Then he told him, when you leave me, these are things that are going to happen. And all came to pass. So you realize that two things were here. He revealed the mind of God that you are going to be the next king. And then also said to him, when you walk out from here and you get to the bus stop to pick the bus, you will meet two people. This is what they will do. And when you get, come off the bus at the junction to your house, you will meet some other people. When you get to that place, this will also happen. And all those things came to pass. You see that we have let, looked at the thing from the angle of the fact that there was an audible voice from God that said to him, tomorrow by this time I will send you a man. And then throughout the process, God was revealing everything that will come to pass. And we see the prophecy in two forms. One revealing the mind of God, you are going to be king. And then there's another one that was also predictive as to even the kind of people you are going to meet. Amen. So you see how God speaks through this means, years ago, when God started using me in the gifts of the Spirit, 
in secondary school, most of the time, it will either be by dreams to say, yeah, tomorrow somebody will come into the service and, and, and the person is called Emilia. She'll be wearing a red dress with some flowers in it. And uh, so when she comes, pray for her. So I'll write it down. Now it doesn't happen like that. Now it's just, he just, he just speaks. So there are, there are levels at which he starts with you and then it progresses. So he tells me things, but it doesn't happen like in dreams. I have to get up and write them. There are certain things that he has revealed in dreams that I have to write them about certain people. But most of the time, it doesn't, in these days, it doesn't come like dreams that I have to write those things. It just speaks clearly to you or just shows you that this is what is going to happen or you have an impression in your spirit that somebody is coming and then he brings up the names. So sometimes, because there are too many things on your mind, you either have to, to write them down or you just note, take notes somewhere so that when you are ministering somewhere, you are you forgot, you go back to check that the Lord says someone was going to come into the service with this issue, with this condition, with this name, and then he reveals. But in terms of audible voice, you hear clearly from God. Now, one of the interesting things about his, his ways of operation, of, of hearing from him, is that when you hear from him audibly, 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 a voice, whatever God will say will match what is already written in his word. Is, is confirmation. But then also, sometimes it will sound as if it is your own voice, but it's God. Sometimes it will be a quick voice. A very simple word will drop in your spirit. Sometimes you have very strange experiences. For instance, I mean, it still happens. I still sometimes do that to him. But, you know, when I want to wake up at a certain time, I just ask him to wake me up. And it's always in two forms. First, it started off by hearing my, vo- my name mentioned at exactly one minute to the time. That's when I got to know that God actually respects time. So when I said, I want to wake up at three to pray, exactly one minute to three, I will either hear my name, and I know I'm the only one sleeping in the room back then, you know, my name, and I'll wake up. When I got married, it was still happening. So many times I wake up and I ask my wife, did you call me? She said, no. But I could even say she's deep in this. She's deeply asleep. She's, I look at her and she's, she's gone. She's gone. She's not the one. You know, so you, you wake up. The other strange one is that tap on my right um, calf. Twice. And you woke up and it's exactly one minute to either four, one minute to three. It's, it's, and it's, you, you can't sleep with that type of tap. You know. It's gentle, but it's deep. <laughs> and you know that no, no, someone is in the room. Someone is actually woking you up. It's, it's an interesting experience with, with the Lord. So there are things like that. And I pray that God Almighty will visit you in the name of Jesus and that he will cause you to experience his voice and his leading in Jesus' mighty name. So God speaks to us audibly in our ears. And may your ears be oiled today. May you be able to hear God clearly than ever before. I pray for you in Jesus' name that God will reveal to you and show you things to come. In Jesus' name, amen.
And I pray that your ears will be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Every day you wake up, pray, Lord, make my ears sensitive to your voice. Many times Jesus will be preaching and says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. And, and we used to joke in secondary school, I said, but Jesus, you know, they, if they don't have ears, why do you try to open your mouth? But he's talking about another ear, that you, your spiritual ears must be sensitive to hear. I shared with you my, the story about my um, experience at the hospital um, where I was discriminated against and then I, I was ready to fight. I was ready to really defend myself. And as I was getting to my locker, the voice of the Lord said, a time to speak, a time not to speak. Now, that was not a revelation. That was not a, it was a clear, audible voice saying, a time to speak, a time not to speak. This is the time not to speak. And I felt, really? I should go and defend myself. I've been falsely accused. All this panel have been, have been, have been organized. And this is the time to also go and defend myself. And really, the defense I've put up is going to be a brutal defense. I was going to accuse somebody too for, for drunkenness on the job. <laughs> you can't be a doctor and be drunk and come to work. What would you diagnose? You will kill people. So me too, I've got grounds for, for that. And I was ready to defend myself. I've written my defense and my notes and I was going to face the panel. I remember when I was leaving home, I told my wife, I may come back without a job, but I will get another one. <laughs> and the Lord said, a time to speak. A time not to speak. This is the time not to speak. That was an audible voice. It's a voice clear. I was alone just before my locker, having my white coat to put it in. And I was taking my things out. So I left everything there and had to walk in. And it was a different story. It was a different story. They only came to apologize and to increase my pay. I would have messed things up. But God spoke clearly in my ears. And I knew that because you have also read the scriptures, you know that that very voice you are hearing clearly is Ecclesiastes chapter 3. A time to speak, a time not to speak. So you are hearing a voice and it's not contradictory to scripture. That is the way sometimes you test the voice you are hearing. It must match the written word. It must always match the written word. Amen. Hallelujah. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. Says this is the time not to speak. Keep silent. Keep silent. Amen. So may you hear from God. This afternoon I'll pray for you that your ears will be opened. In Jesus name. Somewhere heard it a day before. He heard it a day before. I want us to look at one more example. And then we, we pray. Thank you Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence in this place. Prophecy. Luke chapter 2, verse 25 to 29. The Holy Spirit reveals things. May this Holy Spirit be real to you. In Jesus' name. This was when Jesus had been born. In chapter 1 of Luke, the prophecy came that he would be born. So Gabriel came with a prophecy. 
that was an open vision. Because you can't just see angels. When an angel manifests, not in a dream, because angels can manifest in a dream, and that is still a dream, and you hear the communication. So for instance, after Mary had received a visitation from Gabriel, the Bible tells us that Gabriel showed himself to Joseph. God revealed himself to Joseph in a dream and said to him that the pregnancy that Mary is carrying, I know it's not you, it is the Holy Spirit. So just take responsibility for it. Don't put her away, accept it. So that was a revelation in a dream. But in the case of um, Mary, an angel actually manifested. Now, it, it means the reason why it's an open vision is that you are not asleep and you can see the angel. Many times in scripture, we have seen two people in a place. One of them is seeing the angel. The other doesn't see. That tells you that it is not, it's not easy. It is a revelation. It is a spiritual thing. It's a vision that you alone you are seeing. There are times we have had services and I see angels in the room. And I, I say it, but I'm sure people will look around. They can't find any. And I remember when I was um, training our last set of pastors and I was giving them examples. You know, they were asking me so many questions as to why I'm so strict about service and order and time and all that. And I said to them, I, I used to be relaxed until I saw something in, in, in a service. I was ministering to people, you know, we're having anointing service. I was, and some people were just, you know, chatting and moving about. Now, during the service, as I was praying for people, I noticed that there were angels in the room. And then they had, you know, there's nothing here to show, but it, it was like a box, a small gift box that they were actually giving to people. But I noticed that those who were just moving about having a chat, the angels skipped them. And then those who were just walking out of the room, the angels just stood like that in the room. So I realized that, so God doesn't like disorder. You know, where there was disorder and chaos and, you know, people are just walking about in the room, you know, not focusing on the service. That was withdrawn. So I said, no. It means that when we are having service, there must be that orderliness. There must be proper, because something is going on in the spirit. And when I check the scriptures, the Bible says God is the God of order. Amen. So, you know, sometimes you see things in the service and it, it changes the whole game. There was a time I was ministering at a program and I was laying hands on people, but anytime I put my hands on people, I see, I see an angel was standing behind the person and then, you know, releases something like, it was like a like water fountain, you know, they, it does that, and then I lay hands, and when I'm about to lay hands on another person, it does that. And when I got to another person, who it was a person's turn for me to pray for, the angel didn't do that, so I skipped. I skipped the person. Then the next person, it showed up, you know, and it does. So why didn't I pray for the person? So someone said, you have left the person. The ushers kept on bringing them. I said, no. Because I don't know why God didn't want me to pray for the person. So I left it out. And there are times we do things like that. But that is, that is God in, in operation when you are sensitive. And so there could be angels in the room and I may be seeing them and you don't see them. So it's an open vision. I'm seeing them, but you don't see them. So the Bible says when Jesus was born, 
Gabriel had come to prophesy. Luke chapter 1. And then when he was born, he was named. And then the Bible said that he was taken into the temple in chapter 2 to be dedicated to the Lord. I've shared with you, again, if you are in our membership class, we have dealt with baptism in, in detail. We find out that children, babies are not baptized. They are dedicated to the Lord. Just like Jesus is our example. Chapter 1 prophecy came, he will be born. And then he was born in chapter 2. On the eighth day, he was named. And then on the 30th day after his birth, he was taken to the temple to be dedicated to the Lord. And in chapter 3, when he was 30 years and he was of age, himself volunteered or voluntarily went to John the Baptist and got baptized. So we see the process that children are dedicated. Someone was dedicated. All babies are dedicated to the Lord. You cannot baptize them. The reason is simple in scripture. Jesus said, go to the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Mark 16, 15 to 16. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. That baby has not believed, cannot be baptized. They are dedicated to God, and God knows how to sort them out. Amen. Right. So, Jesus then had been taken. Now, remember that something was going on here. We are in Christmas season, so this scripture has been read over and over and over in, in many, many places and churches and schools. But then we see here that his parents, remember when he was born, Herod was very unhappy. Now, they don't know where he was because as a child, he was already declared wanted. Herod wanted to kill him. He told the wise men, go and find out where he is. I will come and worship him, but he meant to kill him. And so his parents were hiding. The wise men have been asked by God to get out of the country by another way. And so there's no way that this baby was going to be publicly, you know, identified. But the parents need to do the right thing. They need to take that baby into the temple to dedicate. So there are no invitation cards, nothing. They just bring him to the temple so that the pastor on duty that day will just receive him. A baby is here. What do you want? We want him dedicated. Okay, bring it. We just do it according to the law of Moses. So there's no announcement, nothing. And as the parents were in this temple about to present the baby to be dedicated, the Holy Spirit just did his usual things. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was a righteous and devout person waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's been waiting on God for a while. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Next verse. And it had been revealed to him by who? Revealed to him by who? So the Holy Spirit reveals things. The Holy Spirit has revealed to him that he will not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. Can you imagine? This man is very old at this stage. He's been interceding the temple daily for so many, many years. And God had told him he's not going to die until he sees the Messiah that has been promised. That has been prophesied by Isaiah and all of them way back. Because you are not dying. You will stay in it until your eye sees him. And the Bible says, so he came by what? He came by who? He came by the spirit into the temple. What that means was that he may have been praying somewhere and the Lord, the Holy Spirit would just tell him, ah, you know what we've been talking about, what you have been interceding? That baby has been born. The parents have brought him into the temple. Now I want you to go there now, take charge and dedicate that baby. 
So no invitation, no information. Physically, there's nothing. And the Bible says he came by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, the Bible says he took him up in his arms, blessed God, and began to speak over the life of the baby. No one invited him. The Holy Spirit led him there. The Holy Spirit revealed to him that he was not going to die. Then the Holy Spirit revealed to him that there is a baby in the temple. Go there. So he came by the Spirit. May you move by the Spirit in the name of Jesus. And then he says, Lord, now you are letting your servant to depart in peace according to your word. So there has been a prophecy that he wasn't going to die and that he will see this baby before he dies. God revealed it to him and he walked into the temple that day by this leading, the Holy Spirit led him. If you read further, the Bible says and there was another lady there called Anna. For so many years, she has also been interceding. She also came in at the same instant. Let's follow that and then we end it. And coming in at that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city. This, this, they, they had to keep this secret, but the Holy Spirit revealed it to someone. Two people, a woman and a man, were led by the Spirit into the temple that day. And they, they took over the duties of the priest. They just grabbed the baby and began to speak things. I'm sure that Joseph and Mary will be shocked. Who knew about this? The Lord revealed it. Amen. And they were very, very prophetic in the declaration that they made over the child. So I pray that God will let your spirit be opened in Jesus' name to hear from him and to receive instructions and directions in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Daniel chapter 10 verse 1. What's in, what is in Daniel chapter 10? Something revealed. Something revealed. Something revealed. Something revealed to Daniel. In the third year or something. The third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel. So this again is a prophecy. Something was revealed to Daniel. To reveal means that to uncover. Something that has been hidden, now uncovered. And something was revealed to Daniel, a message, whose name was called Belshazzar. He's Daniel, that's his Hebrew name. When they were taken to Babylon, the Babylonians changed their names and called him Belshazzar. And then they changed the other three guys, you know, the ones we call Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They gave them Babylonian names. So these were Shadrach, Meshach, but their original names was Azaria and, and, and others. So remember, when, when people capture you, they can take and change your name. That's why they changed the name of most of the slaves and gave them certain names. The ones that doesn't sound too English, they change it and give it the name of Smith, Smith, like that of the, of, the, of the slave master. They gave slave master's name. Others that sound closer, they just change it to sound much more like English and gave it to them. So it became their surname forever. But thank God for DNA. Amen. Thank God for DNA. Most of them are tracing their roots back to Africa. 
predominantly Ghana and Nigeria, where most of them came from. Amen. All right. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed. Let's, and it says that the message was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the message. In the, in the old King James, it says he understood the vision. And he had understanding of the vision. Amen. So something was revealed to him about things to come. And he understood it by reason of the revelation. It was revealed to him. Something to come. This is prophecy. The mind of God revealed about what God wants to do. About the timing of their freedom. About the timing of their liberty. About the timing of when God is about to take them out of this place of slavery. That they have been for 70 years. God revealed it to Daniel. Next verse. In those days I Daniel was mourning three full weeks. Now, he's not crying. Nobody's dead. This is another um, word to describe fasting. So he had been fasting for 21 days. When we get to how to condition yourself, prepare yourself to hear from God. Fasting, prayer, holiness, the word. At least these four things. They create the atmosphere for you to quickly download information from the Spirit. Amen. There are many things God wants to reveal, but we are too busy. We are too much in the flesh. So our spirit man is not open. Netflix has filled you so much. We like the flesh. We like entertainment. Than fasting and prayer. If God speaks to you at 11 p.m. and said, pray for the next three hours. Aye, it can't be God. You bind, you bind the voice. No, no, this is not God. This is not God. The devil wants to trick me. You suddenly feel sleepy. But let it be another episode. And series. Series 5. And you will watch it till 5 a.m. And you have not prepared your spirit to pick things up from God. This flesh can be a barrier. Sometimes we have to put it down through fasting and prayer and it opens the spirit realm for us to be in a state. That is why the prophets in the scriptures are always in a state of prayer, fasting, preparation. And that's why they are quickly able to hear from God, receive things from God, directions from It's so instant because you have created the platform, the atmosphere for the voice of God and for revelations to drop in. Because if God is talking to you, you are also very busy with the flesh. You can't hear. God has always been talking. We have been busy. We've been very busy. See, because we are busy with what we are doing now, we can't hear any radio, isn't it? But there's someone in the any radio station at this time talking. It's only when you tune in, you, you see that the person is talking. Even at midnight, someone is on duty at BBC. When it's 1 a.m., she's still sitting there and say, Good morning, it's 1 a.m., BBC News. He's still talking, but some people may be asleep. People are just watching Netflix, so they haven't tuned into that channel. <laughs> Where are the Netflix congregation? <laughs> I feel a lot of them are in this section, even though I know you are here too, somewhere there. <laughs> but you see, when you tune in to that station, whether it's 2 a.m. or 1 a.m., you will hear someone talking. 
irrespective of what time it is, someone is on duty. In the same way, God has been stalking. We have just been busy. We have tuned him off. But when we begin to tune into that channel, we begin to hear things from God. God always wants to give us information ahead of time to prepare us ahead of time because proper preparation prevents poor performance. God doesn't want us to perform poorly. Sometimes he reveals things to us. Our own lives, what we will become, etc. is revealed. I'm, I'm convinced about what I'm doing because God revealed it and then he confirmed it. So you are not confused as to what you are doing. There are certain decisions you make because you know that God spoke and every true prophecy from God will have to be confirmed. Amen. He will confirm it. So I was in sixth form, upper six, sitting down alone, steady in the dining hall and the voice clearly came. You shall be trained in the medical field and afterwards I will call you to the full-time ministry of the Lord. I just turned around in the room. There's no one there. I felt frightened. I wanted to take my books and go and sleep. I do remember it was chemistry. I was studying. I was studying chemistry. And then the voice came in. I've called you to be a prophet and apostle to the nations of the world. Who is a prophet? Who is an apostle? I don't, I don't know. Let me, let me go and sleep. And then I sat down again. And the voice came. Then I said to myself, oh, bye. Okay. Um, I was just still serve God anyway. So I, I was in denial. I just tried to shut the voice down. I tried to say, well, um, yeah, it's my dream to be a doctor. Um, but when I finish, um, I'm not going to be a pastor. I don't, I don't want to be a pastor. I will, I will build. Then the voice came again and says, okay, so how about the gift I've given to you that you are, you are able to preach, stand before the whole school. You preach teachers. The head teacher gave their life to Christ. All that happened. You prayed for people. They started speaking in tongues. All those things. And you're in sixth form. So how about that? I said, oh, that's not a problem. I will build a nice house. Donate it to a church. They will use it for cell meeting. Occasionally, I'll come and uh, <laughs> I'll be an active Christian, but I'm not going to be a pastor. You know, then he said, no, it's not going to be. You, you still study medicine, but when you finish and everything, I will call you to do my work full time. And it ended the conversation there. Long story short, finished, school passed. Then I did the crazy stuff, you know, those things that you try to, you try to wind God up. <laughs> so even though you had passed excellently, so when you pass all round, you can do any course. You can do any course. So I decided to study computer science. I just want to mess this prophecy up. I just want to mess it up. So I decided to study computer science. So in the first year, I, 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 I opted for computer science. And my mom was so furious. Why don't you? I said, they said it's the new thing in town. You become a systems analyst. I want to work with the CIA. I want to analyze data and information. This is where the money is. So they are, some doctors are poor, so it's, it's better to be a systems analyst. So I went to first year and, and, and enrolled in computer science. And that is where I began to see that God was more serious. You can't joke with him. 
I could not sit down for the first semester. I could not literally sit on a chair in the, in the lecture hall. When I sit, it feels hot, so I stand. I do remember many times the lecturer would say, Hansen Saki, would you not sit down? I just say, I would. He said, but sit down. I can't explain what is going on. I try to sit. The seat is hot. So I stood. I keep standing. I stood throughout every lecture for the first semester. And I decided to change the course. <laughs> change the course. Now you did the right course now. You finished. And by that time, you started the church gradually as a fellowship. And campus is growing, it's growing. Then you finished, got married. Then God said, you have to go to England. I said, oh, why? I said, but I rem you remember I told you that you may start, you will start in Ghana, but it is in England that I will spread the thing through the nations of the world. That I will use you to touch many lives and change many lives and bring what I have for people into their lives. I said, ah, oh, but it's too early. How am I going to get this done? I mean, I just started arguing and making a lot of excuses. Again, just like Moses at the burning bush, making excuses. And then I said to myself, okay, it's not going to happen. You know what? I don't have the money for the course. The last thing you have to go and get, you must go to school. I will use that means to establish you there. I said, this is the thing. It can't be God. So I told my wife, it's not going to be him. It can't be God. You know why? Because we don't have the money. We've just married. And then I think the baby was on the way. It was Abishai. He was on the way. I say, this even is proof that I'm not going to travel because I'm not going to leave the baby. And then the pressure was still on. Then one day my wife woke up and said, but, so why don't you just, okay, just throw in an application and see what will happen. So I got three schools from the UK, confirmed. And then suddenly a scholarship comes through. Ha! Ah, this God, you are not joking. Full scholarship. For the specialist program. Full scholarship. I said, okay. It's... Fine. Then they wrote, I thought that was the end, so I told my wife, yeah, okay, it's called it, but it's going to be only me. So it means that I will go and I will come back. Then a follow-up letter came two weeks later and said, no, the scholarship covers you, your wife, and any child under 16. Hey. Everything sorted. So then I, I traveled and I came. And then, five months later, they, they followed. Now, but the interesting thing was that when I came, I, see, no one knows me, so I got very excited. Because at least you, you've got a church in Ghana, and that one people know you, but it was a very young church. And they just thought, okay, on Sundays I preach. After working from the hospital, I come and I preach, and, I, and the gradually people get to know you. So sometimes when you're walking in town, it's difficult. A lot of people want you to pray for them. <laughs> but when I came to England, no one knows me. So I was very happy. Sunday, oh, I, just, I just enjoy Sundays. I'm not preaching. There's no church. I just go and visit churches. 
you know, just sit at the back and enjoy the service and then go back home and enjoy my Sunday. Just I miss preaching, but that's fine. Then I went to preach. I went to a church. Someone invited me to a church. And I went, they too, they didn't know I'm a pastor. And they, they picked me in the area. They were my neighbors. So oh, come and visit us. So I, I followed them to the church. And when we got there, I started visiting that church. Three months. And then they had a program. And they had a prophet, a, a bishop from another country came. He was preaching three minutes, 15 minutes into his preaching. I think, yeah, about 10, 15 minutes into the preaching. Then he started moving towards the back. You know, when, I, when I go, I'm in black suit and I sit at the back. And he started heading towards the back. They said, the man sitting at the back. So I turned to look back. He said, oh, but you are the only one sitting there. <laughs> he said, God, come, come forward. When I came, I said, do you know why God brought you to this country? This is what God wants to do with you. This is what God wants to do. And God has been telling you, wait on him and what him, and you have not been waiting on him. And then he said so many things. And when he left, I said to myself, hey, this thing, this thing, this thing. Anyway, I started working, still doing everything, following my course and everything, finished it. And then God comes and says, now you must stop everything and do this work full time. I said, oh, but I just finished the thing. Now I'm about to enjoy the money. The money is big and I'm about to enjoy it. So I should stop it and pay attention to your church. He said, but the church here is very small. I've just started it. We're just about 10, 15 people. Why should I stop it? Then the Lord said, how much do you want to save before you obey my word? I couldn't answer the question. They said, you must trust me. You must trust me. So I trusted him. But it was a long time of trusting him. Because my human side was fighting things. I was looking at the economy of the house and everything and thinking, if I obey, how are we going to live? I have to obey God. So I decided to be postponing whatever he said I should do. In a nice way, I was disobedient. But this God does not tolerate disobedience. So he started messing me up. Every morning on my way to work, I used to live in Thamesmead. I would get up, get bus to Abbeywood Station. He will mind me, as soon as I hit the train from Abbeywood, I will start vomiting on the train. Many times the train will stop somewhere between Blackheath and Lewisham. Stop. They will call emergency services. They will take me. They will run every scan. They find nothing. And all these professors will come around. See, when you are part of them, they take extra care of you. So extra care. What? Every time there is this and, and they can't find it. So we have to keep you overnight. And the thing is going on. I, I realized that I know what is going on. So one day I told the prof who was looking at me. I said to him, I think please discharge me. He said, why? I said, I think I know. He said, show us because this is a strange thing. The signs are there. The symptoms are there. But we can't find what is causing this. I said, I know. He said, I said if I explain to you, you won't understand. <laughs> he said, he's a professor of medicine. What would I 
explain to him that he won't understand. I said, you will not understand. You just discharge me. Let me go. <laughs> so I was discharged. And I went. And he went on and on and traveled to France. I think I've shared that with you. Did I share with the church? Or was it only the class? It was the class. But I shared with church as well, isn't it? Yeah. And all that. So the day I handed in my resignation, and from that time, when I go on a train, I don't vomit. <laughs> I don't vomit. So God speaks, he confirms it. So there are so many things that convince me to do what I'm doing. Amen. So I just want you to understand that God speaks. And when he speaks, it will have to be confirmed. And I'm going to pray for you right now that the Holy Spirit will visit you in Jesus' name. He will speak to you. Open your ears. Open your ears. Open your eyes. He will open your heart in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There are many, many testimonies I can share with you, but I think this is enough for today, that your ears will be open. May your faith rise in God. In the name of Jesus. This has been a broadcast of Green Pastures with Bishop James Hansen Saki of the Christ Church International Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. For further information, please contact us on telephone plus 44-7376-355-621 on the web www.christchurches.org, Facebook Christ Church International, Christ Church, changing lives, fulfilling destinies on the foundation of God's Word.